On the evening of September 11, 2012, the 11th anniversary of 9-11, armed men attacked the U.S. consulate in Benghazi in eastern Libya. Before the assault was over, four Americans were dead. Christopher Stevens, the U.S. ambassador to Libya, was the first American ambassador to die overseas in decades. Much of the political focus since then has been on how the attacks were characterized by the Obama administration and intelligence officials in their immediate aftermath. But today, we are going to focus on who these extremist groups are, where they're living and training, and what their main goals are. After the fall of Libyan leader Muammar Gaddafi, the country has been run and the peace kept by various armed rebel factions, at least in theory. But they don't all have the same agendas or ideologies. At least two of them are suspected of leading the attack on the American consulate. To help us understand Libya's armed groups, we're joined by Reza John. He's an analyst at the Critical Threats Project of the American Enterprise Institute. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Let's start with the two groups that are suspected of leading the attack on the American consulate back in September. Who are they? Well, we've got differing explanations for who's responsible. The prime suspect currently is Ansar al-Sharia. They are a militant Salafist group based in the city of Benghazi. And they've been involved in the Libyan revolution since the very start. So they've been around for a long time. And they really are one of the most powerful groups in Benghazi. They sort of are a law unto themselves. They have helped to uh, maintain the peace and stability in that city in the days and months following the revolution, helping to guard hospitals and conduct patrols and all that. Hmm. But they are also of a Salafist extremist bent, and uh, they are the ones who And what who does are... that mean? Uh, ex- explain for us who the Salafists are. So they are a radical and puritanical interpretation of Islam. They choose to express their religious aspirations in a violent manner. The, this particular group has made calls for Sharia law in Libya. They reject the idea of democracy and elections because it's incompatible with their outlook. Okay, so we have Ansar al-Sharia, and mm-hmm. uh, and the second group would be? Uh, well, al-Qaeda in the Islamic Maghreb. They are um, an al-Qaeda franchise that operates throughout much of North and West Africa, but most of their activity has been in other countries in North Africa. So they've been active in Mali, but they do have a presence in Libya, and they benefited heavily from the revolution because of the instability it caused. It really churned the pot over there, and especially with respect to weapons caches. As the Gaddafi government fell, a number of weapons caches simply were opened up to the public or were left unguarded. And Hmm. militants took great advantage of this security breach, and weapons have started to flow very freely in north and western Africa. And some some of them have even made their way as as far east as, as Palestine. All right. So we have Ansar al-Sharia and al-Qaeda in the Maghreb. What are some other uh, militias that are significant in Libya at this point? I think it's important to look at it not just in terms of the the Salafists, but in terms of other militias operating there as well, because it, it just speaks to how complex and insecure an environment Libya is. Not all the militias there are bad guys. You have a number of 
essentially what they, they call themselves brigades, revolutionary brigades that were involved in the fight against Colonel Gaddafi. While the government has tried to set up a, a domestic police force and a, and, and a national army, they've had limited success in being able to integrate the existing militias that fought against Colonel Gaddafi into these national frameworks. The, the Libya shield is a body, essentially an umbrella body. Um, while they don't report to, they accept the, I suppose, uh, in, in moral terms, the authority of the Libyan government, and they work hmm. with them to ensure security, to you know, guard, to provide patrols, to oversee elections, to uh, assist the government in combating, say, third-party groups or, or, or tribal militias or, or other bad actors. So there were uh, components of the Libya Shield Brigades that were involved in the fight alongside government forces against other tribal militias in southern Libya in fighting over the past few months. Some of them definitely are contracted. So, for example, the February 17th Brigade is one of those brigades. Um, they are uh, essentially, they're authorized, so to speak, by the Libyan government. They provide official uh, security. Um, they they run things in their town. They are involved in, uh, they're present in Benghazi. And in fact, they are one of the militias that was responsible for providing security to the U.S. consulate, the diplomatic site mm. in Benghazi. So there's a small company called Blue Mountain Group that essentially contracted members of the February 17th militia brigades and paid them to be uh, a static guard force for the mm. for the site over there. What kind of effort uh, is being made by either the Libyan government or the international community to, to rein in some of these groups uh, like Ansar al-Sharia or, or al-Qaeda in the, the Islamic Maghreb? I, I don't know how much is out there in the open source in terms of what they're being able to do. There's, uh, I mean, we know that the United States has a covert presence there. Um, I mean, it was uh, exemplified by the CIA facility, uh, the annex, uh, as it's been called, in Benghazi. Uh, that, but one of its major purposes was to essentially find and buy back weapons from from Libyans, essentially try to keep the more dangerous stuff off the market. Um, the United States is now trying to train a Libyan army uh, commando force to essentially be able to provide security, quick reaction, give them the capability to take action against more powerful militias right now if necessary. Because right now the, the Libyan government really is, they don't have the forces, the national army, they, they just don't have the capability to take on some of the better armed, larger, more established militias. They just don't have the, the capacity. That There had been uh, you know, attacks on Western uh, missions, including that the, that consulate side before. There was another group, the um, yeah, imprisoned Sheikh Omar Abdul Rahman Brigade, which is a, a much more shadowy group and, and a, a terrorist group that had taken responsibility for a number of attacks, including on the International Committee of the Red Cross and, and, and the UN and, uh, and British diplomatic missions that was responsible for a number of attacks that, uh, despite the, the numerous hits that they had managed to, to pull off, just really... The, the security situation was not getting any of the attention. Reza John is an analyst at the Critical Threats Project of the American Enterprise Institute. He studies potential threats to American security around the globe. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's my pleasure.